If you're breathing, you still have a purpose. Because I believe, you say, how, how, how can you say that? Everyone's breathing. Well, listen, I believe that God is not a God who wastes things. God doesn't waste anything. So if he's still investing breath in your body, I don't care what you've done, listen to me, God still has a purpose for you. That's why you're still breathing. Thank you for listening to Sozo Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information on Sozo Church, visit sozospokane.com. Jesus has already defeated all of his enemies. Do we understand that? He rules, the scripture says. All authority, come on, heaven and earth is given to him. That's why James says, look, just submit to God and resist the devil. Look, submit to God, resist the devil. When you hear lies come at you, go, that's not the truth. This is the truth. Resist the devil. This is Sozo Church. We're going to get started with some opening verses. Just kind of want to read these into the record for our own hearing, just to to frame up what it is that we're going to be talking about this morning. So the first one is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 25. Um, It says this, for he, speaking of Jesus, must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And then Matthew, familiar passage to to believers or those who have hung around the church for very long. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, often called the Great Commission. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all Nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray together and then let's, let's jump right in. Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning for your living, active, powerful word. We thank you, God, that you, you did not give us a dead and passive word, just a, a book that we are to come to as some sort of fairy tale or fantasy Um, and and glean life lessons from, but rather, Lord Jesus, you said you are the word. And so we come to the word this morning and and submit to you, expecting to hear from you, expecting to receive from you, expecting God to be transformed by what we hear. God, let let us hear you. Let us receive what it is you have to say. Let us respond to you in obedience and surrender that you might be glorified and that our joy may be full. And come and meet us in this place. I don't know how you do it, Holy Spirit, but you so consistently and so faithfully, and and God, I would say so astoundingly, speak to individual hearts in a in a time like this. God, when when the church gathers, when a when a congregation is assembled, you have this amazing and and sweet ability to still speak to individual hearts, and that's what we're asking for, God. Or that you would speak to our hearts. God, I, I need to hear from you. Or we all need to hear from you. Your word is like bread to our soul. So we come and we humble ourselves and surrender, submit to your word. Ask that you be glorified. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Everybody said? 
Amen. Um, we're, we're in a series, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, you may have picked up on it from the title of the little video we showed or the song, uh, This Little Light of Mine. We're dealing with this idea of finding our purpose within the mission of Jesus. We believe that Jesus is on a mission. Okay, good. We believe that Jesus is on a mission. Okay, Jesus is not just passively watching history go by. Jesus is not uh, separate from the affairs of man and the, 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 the happenings of our life or of our world. He is actively, presently involved, and the primary instrument for his involvement, please hear this, is the church. Now, just real quick, but don't, don't be obvious, okay? I need your help. Just kind of glance around the room real fast. Just not, don't be obvious. Chill, be cool. That's the church. When we're talking about the church, we are not talking about a building. We're not talking about an institution. We're not talking about a bylaws or a 501c3 registered nonprofit. We are talking about, please hear me, we are talking about the people of God gathered under the banner of his love for the purpose of his name. That's what we're talking about when we talk about the church. Jesus said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not, could not, should not prevail against it. He's on a mission and his mission is being fulfilled through us. The way we put it on here is you were purchased, come on, for a purpose. Jesus didn't just buy you to sit you on a shelf and look at how pretty you are. I mean, you're gorgeous, but that's not why he purchased you. He purchased you for a purpose and the purpose is his mission. So we, we would ask the question then, as, as all intelligent people would, if our purpose is wrapped up in his mission, what's his mission? I'm glad you asked. Jesus is on a mission to bring renown to his name. Jesus is on a mission to bring renown to his name. How he does that is through the rescue of that which is lost and the restoration of that which is broken due to the rebellion of his creation. All have fallen short, all have sinned. We are separated from the relationship that God designed for humanity to have with himself. So Jesus takes it upon himself, the Bible says, to be both the just and the justifier. He comes and, and, and lives a perfect life, uh, completely surrendered, completely obedient to the Father. He then is sent to the cross where the Bible says it pleased the Father to crush him for the sake of his purpose, which is to restore that which is broken and to rescue that which is lost. So therefore, through repentance and belief on Christ, we are restored back to right relationship. We are made back to the purpose for which we were created. That's good news, amen? Not by anything we've done, but by everything he's done, our poor performance is swallowed up in his perfection. Now, I wanna just be honest with you. I think the mission of Jesus for Christians is a lot like rain, we all enjoy rain in, in the sense that we, we understand that it's, it's necessary for, you know, food. The crops have to grow. I spent my summers on, on the farm. I was this, this last yesterday. This last yesterday. Um, I celebrated my, my, my grampy's 89th birthday. 89 years old, walking with Jesus, still loving the Lord. I, he said, yeah, I got my driver's license. It had expired and, and I, I passed the test. So I got my driver's license until I'm, I'm 95, but I don't think I'm gonna need it that long. <laughs> I said, Grandpa, I don't like you saying that. He goes, why? Where I'm going is way better than where I am. And he's a, he's a, he was a, a farmer. And I spent a lot of time on the farm as a kid in the summertime. And, 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 and you learn really the necessity of rain. 
It's necessary for, for crops to grow. It's necessary for life to happen on the earth. It's, it's also, come on, how, how nice is it in the, in the springtime, the summertime, it starts to rain, it smells all nice outside, clears the air out. It's fantastic. We all like the rain. We just don't like to be in it. I love when people say, I love the rain, but then, then you run inside the house or run from your car into the house whenever it's raining. I think that's a lot like the mission of Jesus. We, we sort of understand its necessity uh, in the earth and we sort of understand its beauty and we sort of like to admire it from the safety and the comfort of distance from it. I like it, just don't ask me to be in it. And this series really has been uh, my attempt to try to get to the underlying factors of why that is and, and deal with the heart issues. This is not a seven ways to share your faith. This isn't a 14 steps to effectively reaching your uh, neighbors and coworkers, but rather this is trying to get at the heart of why is it and what needs to be there in order for us to be willing, come on, to get out in the rain. Amen? So Jesus is on a mission. He has purchased us for the purpose of his mission. We are the primary instrument through which he is fulfilling his mission on the earth. And so what we've done is we've, for the last five, this is the sixth week, we've looked at the story of, of Peter and John going to the temple at the hour of prayer and how God used them in that just daily going moment. Come on, not in a church service, not from a platform, not with a microphone, not with a pulpit, not with an open Bible, but rather just in their going, how he used them to bring, according to the scriptures, at least 5,000 men to faith. How many of you guys think that's an effective evangelism strategy? Maybe there's one or two things, maybe two things that we could learn from this story about how we ought to live our lives day in and day out. None of them. Nobody thinks that we can learn two things. One thing. How many, how can I get one thing? Think we can learn one thing. Okay, good. You're with me this morning. That's good. So uh, my, my goal this morning is really to sort of reference the text. As I said, I'm not going to really be walking through it or, or uh, dissecting it like we have been. We've read the entirety of chapter 3 and studied through it together and the majority of chapter 4. To summarize the story, Peter and John are going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. They see a crippled man who's been there uh, for years, and, and he begs of them. He asks them for money. Peter says, look, I don't have any money. But what I do have, I'm gonna to give to you for free in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk, grabs the man by the hand, pulls him up. Instantly, the Bible says, two miracles take place. His legs are strengthened, but also he knows how to walk without all that awkwardness that little babies go through. Well, come on, you know that, that awkwardness. It's the greatest thing ever, the little. I think that's why Jesus invented diapers, so they'd have more cushion on the booty as they fall over all the time. And, and, and he, he, he pulls him up, and instantly the man's legs are strengthened. He knows how to walk. Not only does the Bible say he knows how to walk, but he knows how to leap and jump and dance and praise God. I still don't know how to dance. I'm still praying for that miracle. So is my wife, more fervently than I am, but still. And so, so the, the man begins to praise God and leap and jump, and as he goes into the temple now, now uh, capable to walk and also qualified to enter the temple because he's no longer crippled, he goes in and everybody, it says in the temple, recognizes him. And so what Peter does is he goes, this is the prime opportunity for me to get on television with a healing ministry. So he opens up the hotlines and asks everyone to line up who has a cripple problem so he can pray for him. No, that's not what he does. He stands up and in, with one miracle, come on, and one message, 5,000 people come to faith. Because the purpose of the miracle was so that the message could be preached. The purpose of the miracle was not the miracle. The 
purpose of the miracle was so the message could be preached. There's a purpose behind God moving in signs, wonders, and miracles. Listen, if you're looking for a church that is, uh, you know, afraid of signs, wonders, and miracles, doesn't believe in them, and doesn't like them, this is not your church. But if you're looking for a church that that's the whole point of everything, I love you, this is not your church. It's all about Jesus around here. We wanna see people get healed so they can be, uh, come to a place of recognizing the love, the grace, the power, the mercy of God shown to them in the person of Jesus, amen? So he gets up, he preaches the gospel. Uh, as he's preaching, the, the religious uh, establishment doesn't like what he's saying because they, they disagree with him theologically, so um, they throw him in prison. They throw the two men in prison. They, they, they think, well, we'll just throw them in prison overnight. They'll cool off. Come on. And then we'll kind of rough them up a little bit, tell them not to talk about Jesus anymore and send them on their merry little way. Problem is they get them up in the morning and Peter and John, because they are not, their, their enthusiasm, their excitement, their commitment is not based on emotion, but rather on who it is that Jesus is to them, has revealed himself to be to them and who he is through them. They are still just as fired up, come on, as they were the day before. So when they get put before uh, the, this, this group of religious people, the Bible says they were filled with the Spirit and they'd spent time with Jesus. And so uh, they, they boldly preached the gospel to these religious leaders. They warn them again still not to speak. They say, look, all we can do is, is talk about what we've experienced. We can't help but talk about what we've experienced. Having nothing left to do, they send them on their merry way. That's the story we're looking at. And we've seen so far five, and we're gonna see the sixth today, five things that we can glean from this that we need to have within us, come on church, in order to really uh, engage in the mission of Jesus. We've seen five things. We've seen receive, rely, redirect, reinforce, resist. And today we're gonna see repeat, or I changed the title, and I didn't change it on there. We're gonna see remember. Staying the course, when the going gets tough. So I wanna just walk through this passage, remind us if you've missed any weeks, it's a good week to be here because we're gonna cover all of it and you're excited. You get, you get a whole series in one message and three of you are excited and that's three more than I needed. So the first thing that we saw is, is really, we see it not in this text, but in the text we read earlier, Peter and John, we, we, they're named. These are two guys, Peter and John. Peter and John were, were disciples of Jesus. They had spent about three years with Jesus. And at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, before he ascends into heaven, he gives them a commandment. That commandment is go and make disciples. First thing we have to do, if we are gonna personally be involved in the mission of Jesus, we have to receive. You've got to know that you have a purpose. Some of us think we've failed too much, we've, we, we've messed things up too much, and, and God has sort of abandoned having any purpose within us. Everybody do me one quick favor, take a breath. If you're breathing, you still have a purpose. Because I believe, you say, how, how, how can you say that? Everyone's breathing. Well, listen, I believe that God is not a God who wastes things. God doesn't waste anything. So if he's still investing breath in your body, I don't care what you've done, listen to me, God still has a purpose for you. That's why you're still breathing. And his purpose is to bring renown to his own name to the rescue and the restoration because of our rebellion. Amen? 
So we have to receive. Peter and John had heard the Great Commission, but it's, it's not just enough to kind of, oh, I, I hear that. I didn't say hear. We can hear something and not receive it. We broke this down, and we said that they received not only uh, what they heard, but they, they received it, listen to me, as their mandate. Peter and John understood that while their life may have a complexity to it, while they, they may have to do things like eat and wash the dog and, and drive the car and, and manage a business and, and, and deal with relational things in their life and, 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 and struggle through the complex political you know, in, you know, discourse of their day and intricacies of, of the time, they had a purpose that superseded all that. They, they carried a mantle upon them. See, we forget as believers that, that when we stand up and when we declare to people, whether it's boldly or sheepishly, that we are Christians, that we are those that seek to follow Christ, the world looks at us and expects something from us. Peter and John understood this. So as they're going about their day, they're not so concerned with what it is that they had planned, but rather the opportunities that God presented to them in those moments. They'd received the mantle. They received it by knowing the mission, by knowing the message. And then from that, they, they understood that that mandate then rested upon them to be a part of God fulfilling his purpose in the earth. They had received. You have to receive. Are you with me? You have to. I can't receive for you. Your mom can't receive for you. Your grandma can't receive for you. Your husband, your wife, your kids, they can't do it for you. Simply hanging around with other people that have received isn't enough. You have to receive for you. Again, it's, it, this, is, this is a problem. We, we want to get around people who are on mission so we can watch the mission. But the purpose that God has intended in his purchase of you is so that you can be a part of the mission. You can be engaged in the mission. You can, you can own the mission. You've got to know and you've got to own the mission. Are you with me? So the first is receive. Now, without the second, which is to rely, receive will crush you. If you own the mission, I mean, if you really own the mission, if you understand that on the planet right now, I, I say it this way, God loves the earth today more than he ever has. How, how, how dare I say that? With all of the problems and the difficulties and the troubles, how can I say that? Well, there's more people alive today than there ever has been. And my Bible says God loves people, amen? So God clearly loves the world today more than he ever has. So God has a purpose in the world and, and he loves those people and people are our purpose. And so therefore, if, if God has put people on this planet and put us on this planet with a purpose to reach those people, if you think that that rests upon you, oh, come on, it will crush you. If you think it's your responsibility, the weight rests on you. The buck stops with you. You got to convince people. You got to talk people into it. Come on, we start sounding like used car salesmen. Oh, Jesus is really good. I mean, it's a little bit weird, but it's okay. You'll like it. It'll be great. Money back guarantee. You know, we, we, we start trying to sell Jesus to people. But Peter, as, 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 as they walk into the temple, as people begin to respond to what they're seeing in this man and, and the senses from the text that they begin to inquire, like, what, what, what's going on? That, that dude was at the gate, man. I saw him every day when I walked in here. That guy was crippled. He used to beg money from me. I used to try to not look him in the eye because if I looked him in the eye and I knew I had some money, I knew I was going to give it to him. I don't like giving it to him because I want to go to McDonald's afterwards or some kind of place. 
My son made up the greatest joke ever. This has nothing to do with the message, but I said McDonald's. Um, my son made up the greatest joke ever. I'm super proud of him. He's my son, my only son, in whom I'm well pleased. And uh, he, he said, Dad, I figured out something. I said, yeah, what'd you figure out, son? If McDonald's decided to start serving steak, it would be a mistake. <laughs> said, you're right, son. And that's a steak pun, and that's a rare medium. Well done. Um, <laughs> He looked at me like, I, like okay. It's like, nah. So <laughs> they recognize and they begin to inquire what's going on, what's happening, what's, what's happening here. And, and Peter stands up and he makes a statement that I wish more Christians would understand. He said, why is it that you people are looking at us? You see the, the healed man and you're looking at us as if by our power or by our piety, this man was healed. He said, that has nothing to do, listen, has nothing to do with, with, with any power that I have or any, any religious sort of level that I've attained. You get around some Christians and they act like they're a part of Amway, like they're, they're somehow working their way up the level somehow and, and they're like level 10 some, you know, and, and then well, once you reach level 10, then you can heal people. That has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your ability. It has nothing to do with your religious observation of some external set of rules. What we've said is this. It has to do with an abiding relationship with the Holy Spirit, who is God, by the way. You say Holy Spirit in the church today, and people like curl their toes up. Because we mistake the manifestations of the Holy Spirit with the person of the Holy Spirit. We've gotten around some stuff. Let's just be honest for just two seconds, okay? We, we are, nobody freak out, we are a charismatic church, meaning that we believe in the present moving of the Holy Spirit. So what we say is this, if God did it in here, we still believe he's doing it today. So if it's in here, we're good with it. Now we also say we're only as weird as we have to be because in the name of, come on, in the name of the Holy Spirit, people do all kind of weird stuff, freak people out. And so then people have a negative perspective, a standoffish perspective to the Holy Spirit. And what we've tried to show in this series is this, that if, if you can understand, listen to me, the love of the Father, if you're all good with that, like, yeah, I love the idea that God loves me. That's great. If you can understand and accept and, and be all about the grace of Jesus, the mercy that is ours through Jesus, then you need not be scared of fellowship with the Holy Spirit because God is one God. Now, God is one God who's also a trinity, and don't ask me to explain that. I could show you the video again. St. Patrick could explain it, but it's complicated. So, so, so we, we need to understand this, that, that if we're going to rely, it, it's not based on our power or on our piety, but rather on an abiding, come on, relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not what we can do. So we must know him, and from knowing him, the more you, listen, the more you know the Holy Spirit, the more you will trust the Holy Spirit. The more you trust the Holy Spirit, the more you will obey him, and the more you are obeying him, the more you are relying on him. You say, how do I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? The same way you have a relationship with Jesus. Talk to him. Again, we're only as weird as we have to be. This does not have to be, you know, any kind of weirdness to you. Just begin to open up your heart to him and trust him. Build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Can I ask you, how's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? When was the last time you made time to just be with him? So we saw that we receive. Next we saw we rely. The, the third piece is really where the rubber meets the road. We redirect. They did what they heard 
in where they were. The way I put it is they did what they heard with what they had. <laughs> Peter and John, they're, they're going about, they're just going through their, their, their life. They're, they're going about their day. They're doing a good thing, right? They're going to a prayer meeting. We're having a prayer meeting tonight, prayer and worship night, tonight, six o'clock. Good thing to be here. They're just going about their day. They're doing a good thing. And yet in the midst of that, they, 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 they know what they've heard. They've, they've heard from Jesus. They understand that, that Jesus was not just uh, throwing out platitudes and nice sayings when he called them to go make disciples, but rather he was commanding them. He was inviting them into his mission in the earth, commanding them to be a part of what he was doing. And so as they went, they were looking for opportunities to redirect their world. Come on. They did what they heard with what they had. They pointed everybody, come on. They pointed everybody, wherever they were, whatever they did, they pointed them to Jesus. As people looked to them, pointed them to Jesus. As they looked to the miracle, they pointed them to Jesus. As they looked to, to, to how it was they did this and what it is they believed, they just, they just preached the gospel. They just pointed them to Jesus. This is the problem. It's not complicated. See, we want it to be complicated so that way we, I love you, that way we have an excuse not to do it. I have yet to try to work out the answer to quantum physics because it's complicated. I mean, I know one plus one equals two, so I get math. How much more complicated can it be? but I've yet to try to work that out. I feel no personal responsibility, come on, to decipher the intricacies of quantum mechanics. None at all. I'll read, I'll read articles on it. I'll even look up uh, some, some of the, the, the math from it. I feel no responsibility. It's complicated, so I have an excuse. I don't get it. See, the problem is living on mission, finding our purpose in his mission isn't complicated. I didn't say it was easy, I didn't say it didn't have its problems. It didn't have its obstacles. I just said it's not complicated. So we redirect. They were facing Jesus. Listen to me, this is why it's so important, this whole idea of abiding uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit. They were facing Jesus, so it wasn't difficult for them to point people to Jesus. They'd redirected their lives into the mission, into the purpose of Jesus. So therefore, when, when people looked at them, it was easy to go, oh, it's, it's just that way. That's the answer. He's the answer. It's no, it's not about my power, not about my piety. I didn't do this. I simply was obedient. Received, they relied, they redirected. Now, now here's where the rubber meets the road because as long as we just sort of live in this theoretical bubble of maybe, right? As long as we live in this, 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 this realm of, of possibility, maybe kind of, sort of, that it's really, really easy to just, come on, just ignore it. And it's really easy to just sort of pretend like we're on mission. However, when you begin to, to take the redirect step and you actually begin to step out in obedience, when, you, when you've heard and now you're obeying, you ought to not be surprised when opposition comes your way, when resistance happens, when, when, when a pushback happens, when, when problems begin to arise, when, when struggles begin to take place. And we said there's two primary uh, battlegrounds on which these struggles take place, internally, right, and externally. There's my own personal just resistance to the idea. 
And then there's an external problem as well. So the next two steps were to reinforce and to resist. And reinforce, Peter and John lived, listen to me please, the, the tendency of our life, the tendency of our, of our day-to-day is, is, is really an issue for two reasons. One, the Bible says that our heart is deceitful. You lie to you. If you don't believe that you lie to you, jump on to either some sort of social media, jump into a box. This happened to me at my grandpa's birthday. Somebody brought a box of photos. Confessional time. About 10 years ago, I thought it was really, really good look to try to mimic my hair like a rooster. It's like shoot it straight up in the air and it's over to the side and on the back. And I saw a picture. And the funny part was I remember seeing the picture and thinking, remembering back about 10 years ago and remember seeing the picture 10 years ago and thinking, my hair looks good. And I looked at that and said, I asked, I asked my, my cousin, I said, can I have this? And she's like, yeah. I said, great. And I ripped it up and threw the trash. Remember when you could do that with pictures? Now you delete it. It's still there. It's just out in the cloud somewhere. Nobody knows what the cloud is. Don't even ask. It's just out there somewhere still, and it'll pop back up again. We lie to ourselves. We think rooster hair looks good. Ten years from now, I'll go, why did I wear those glasses? Those were so dumb. It's, it's, we lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves about all kinds of, we deceive ourselves. We justify, listen to me, we justify our disobedience. This is, my, this is the number one justification I hear as a pastor. I go to somebody, hey, we're having our Go Big Easter event. We're gonna be, we inviting the whole city estimates are this year based on all the data we have coming in from advertising and online stuff. We're gonna have about 3,000 people there. This is our chance to love people. Listen, Go Big is not about the eggs. It's not about the prizes. It's about us having an opportunity to show the love of Christ to people who may never walk into this building. It's an opportunity for us to demonstrate the gospel. And I'll say, hey, can you come just for an hour and help anywhere you want? I would, I just don't feel led. Go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel when you feel led. I'm sorry, I missed that part. No, it's not about, we deceive ourselves. It's not the right timing right now. I would offend them. You're always going to offend them. The gospel, listen, if you're trying to be a part of the mission of Jesus and never offend anybody, you can't be a part of the mission of Jesus. See, the good news is that it doesn't matter <laughs> that you suck. Did you hear it? You can try to spin that however you want. I had a guy come to me the other day and go, man, I found it's really a lot easier to preach the gospel to people and get more response if you just never tell them they're sinners. Sure, it's just not the gospel. It's really easy to sell broken cars if you just don't tell people they're broken. Yeah. We, we lie to ourselves. We deceive ourselves. Our hearts are deceitful. What, what, our, what our emotions, listen to me, what our, what, our, what our heart finds desirous, our mind will justify Yesterday, we, we, go out to, we go out to breakfast. I'm not hungry, okay? Can I just be real? I wasn't hungry. I'd already eaten breakfast, but I mean, it's 11 o'clock. I'm at a restaurant. They have a cinnamon roll that they've smashed, battered in something, and then deep fried. I needed that. 
I didn't want it. I knew it was necessity. I mean, it was food, right? It was, it was cinnamon roll, French toast, deep fried. I'll have six. I wasn't even hungry. I wasn't hungry when that was gone either. And Ty put half of her food onto my plate. I ate that too. Because what my heart desired, my mind totally justified. Well, I don't want it to go to waste. <laughs> Starving people somewhere that could use this. And if I, I can't afford to ship it to them, so I'll eat it. And we do this all day long, constantly throughout our day. We, we deceive ourselves. I'm constantly telling the Lord, like, if you just give me all of your power for just like 10 minutes, I'll fix a lot of problems down here. Potholes will be number one. <laughs> I want all the power and all the authority, and I can't find my keys this morning at four o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to get out of my house. They were right where I put them the day before. They're always right where I put them the day before. It's weird. So we deceive ourselves. The other problem is, though, even, even if we get to a place where we fight the deception of our own heart, we tend to drift. Have you noticed this? How many of you made a New Year's resolution? <laughs> Like how many months ago? And how many of us slowly started not doing it? It was I'll skip the gym one time, which I've did. I've skipped the gym one time. It's just the whole time, but it's just once. Skip it. I've kept my, I've kept my workout routine for 15 years. I just don't. Because they say that the, the real key to a workout routine is consistency. So I've, I'm consistent. I don't want to mess it up, you know? So no, it, we, we, we deceive ourselves. We drift. The reality is for most believers, you're not going to wake up or, or walk out those doors and go, do you know what I've never done? Meth. I'm going to give that a try. Black tar heroin. I just, I mean, let's see what that's like. By the way, none of it's good. I can testify. Just don't. And we, we, we don't, that doesn't tend to be what happens to believers. We just, you know, go from like, Lord, I lift your name on high. I'll go get high. That's just not, that's not the typical way that we roll. It's, it's drift. It's, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to be one of those crazy Christians. I don't want to be too into it. I mean, I know I said I was, I know I felt like the Lord called me, but I don't want to get, you know. We slowly drift. So what's the answer to this? The answer to drifting, we said, is, is, is under this idea of reinforce, what we mean is, is the cure for both the deception of our own heart and the drifting of our own heart is to be committed to a missional community of people, to be around other believers who are trying to live on purpose and live in the mission of Jesus that we, we open up our lives to, that we're honest with, that we go, look, this is the way that I tend to drift. This is the way I tend to kind of slide off the road. When you see this, this is the way I, I say it to the, to the men in my life. You don't have my permission. You have my request to call me on this. I told a brother the other day, I'm gonna be mad at you if you don't call me on it. Because I know my own heart and it might, my tendency to drift away. And so um, just on, on a side note, if you're... Um, if you're interested, well, the way we do this here as a church is we have these things called belong groups. These are missional, little missional communities of people trying to live on purpose together. 
If you're a member of Sozo, we, do, we don't really restrict a whole lot of stuff to membership around here, but we do restrict this to membership. If you're a member here and you wanna be a part of one of those communities, maybe you wanna be a part of leading one of those communities, today, right after service, 11.30, just a half an hour sort of info meeting about what it means to be a belong group leader. No commitment is required, you don't have to sign anything at the end. Um, but if you're interested in kind of learn about that, just a quick 30-minute meeting, the, the restaurants I checked will all still be open. So you can come hang out with us. We'll talk to you about what it means to be a belong group leader today at 1130. We, we believe in this. We don't just have belong groups just because, well, you gotta have community groups now. No, we believe that it's part of how we live on mission, amen? Get around some people who can help keep us on track. So that's how we deal with the internal. How do we deal with the external? Let's be real for a second. We have an opponent, Okay. This isn't, you know, Demons 101, but there, there are spiritual forces that seek to limit or hinder, come against what it is that God is trying to do in the earth. Now, ultimately, um, big picture, they are powerless to stop him. Jesus has already defeated all of his enemies. Do we understand that? He rules, the scripture says. All authority, come on, heaven and on earth is given to him. So that's, why, that's why James says, look, just submit to God and resist the devil. So let's not get into you know, 17 different ways to fight demons and, and finding out their name and then naming their name and then calling their, no, let's just get over that. Look, submit to God, resist the devil. When you hear lies come at you, go, that's not the truth, this is the truth, resist the devil. Are we good? Why is this so important to me? What does this have to do with the mission of Jesus? Because if you fail to recognize that there are dark, demonic, we can call it hell, you can call it demons, you can call it whatever you want, fallen angels, if you fail to realize that that's what's happening, you'll mistake people as your opponents instead of the object of the mission of Jesus. And then we start to, we start to demonize people instead of recognizing that people are just deceived. They're not demons. They, 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 they still believe the same lie you used to believe. Do you remember it? Some of y'all been saved so long, you don't remember the lie you used to believe. You used to believe that there was good outside God. Well, I know God says don't, but other people say do. So clearly there has to be something good there. There's nothing good there. We have no reason to believe that our good God who created all things good and perfect for our enjoyment is withholding any good from us. But it took one lie from one snake going, oh, God, God said, don't eat this. But really, he's just telling you that because he knows it's good. And listen to me, that's, he's still hawking the same stupid lie. Well, I know it, I'm not supposed to live my life in purity and on purpose, but she's pretty. Oh, we want to talk about that? Oh, come on, somebody. We resist. How do we do this? We resist. People are not our opponents. They are our object. Are you hearing me, church? Are you hearing me? You go, well, not that person. No, yeah, that person. But they, yep, but they voted for, yep, but they live up, yep. They're just deceived. Tell them the truth. But I don't know how I'm going to convince them. Step two. <laughs> Rely, it's not about your ability to convince them, just tell them the truth. How much convincing did it take Jesus to bring life to Lazarus? Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth. He didn't go, I'm busy. We receive, we rely, we redirect, we reinforce, we resist, and then lastly, we remember. 
What do I mean by that? I mean this is not a box check thing. Well, I heard it once. Okay, good. And I've decided I'm relying on Jesus to, good, check the box. This is a constant, continual thing. This is a consistently remembering. Remember, remember what God said to you. Remember, it's not by your power or by your piety. It's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. Come on, says the Lord, amen? Remember that, that, that the direction that God has called you to do, remember to act. When the opportunity comes up, remember to do something. Nobody, nobody amens at that one. Like everyone loves the idea of like receiving from the Lord. Okay, now do it. I'm receiving from the Lord. <laughs> I love you. Remember, redirect, remember what it is that God said to do. Remember to do the things that are in front of you. Remember that people are not your enemy and remember to remember. Disengaged when you're pulled away. 